Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Mission Podcast, where we talk about real topics that affect real people. I'm your host, Caroline. Today, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt and Jay. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. All right. We are so excited to have on Erin Ness of St. Joseph Missions today. How are you, Erin? I'm good. Thank you. We would just love the listeners to learn more about you and learn more about the mission and what you guys do. So do you want to share a little about yourself and your role at St. Joseph Missions and kind of whatever you want to share? Okay. Yeah. Well, first off, thanks for having me on. I want to just put that We're out We're so there. excited. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a little bit about myself. I don't have any kids, but I do have a little puppy. So I'm kind of like a crazy dog lady. Never She's crazy. Super spoiled. And yeah, um, six pounds of just crazy. <laughs> Um, I have been at St. Joseph Missions really from the beginning. So kind of fun fact, I am the only person that's literally had every position at St. Joseph Missions. So I served on the board while I worked at another shelter here in town. And my boss at the time was, we were trying to get a tax credit project going, which tax credits are competitive. You get a point if one of your staff sits on a housing board. So she said, oh, this group, they're trying to start a shelter, go sit on the board. So sat on the board um, while I was finishing up my master's in social work. And it was kind of too, they were too far out um, from really me feeling like I was at any value there. And I was just, you know, like I said, trying to finish up my master's. It was mm-hmm. just a crazy time. So um, stepped off the board and then a couple of years um, had passed and I saw that they had purchased um, the shelter. St. Joseph Missions had purchased the shelter there. Um, I saw a Facebook post actually. I reached out to one of the board members and said, hey, I heard you guys got a shelter or a building. I'd love to hear more about that. And then I had just recently actually quit at the shelter. So I had resigned there. And so met with him and then joined the program committee and then just kind of then was on that program committee. That was the winter of 2020 when we actually ran the winter contingency program out of your guys's old building downtown. Mm. So I was for that winter, just staff, mm. um, help staff that shelter. And then when we finally opened June 8th of 21, I was the program director. And then about a year ago, um, got promoted to the executive director. So you've done everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. What was the hardest role? Like, or I guess what challenged you the most? Because I feel like dealing with the shelter, it's not an easy job. Yeah. Um, so I've worked um, in shelters for a long time. Um, I wouldn't say that. I'm fairly comfortable. Um, it's kind of crazy. I love shelter life. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always different, right? So <laughs> yeah. not one day is the same as yeah, the next. That is a good word you for You were in yes. good company. Yes. <laughs> Um, so I would say actually executive director, just cause I've never had this role mm-hmm. before. I'm just learning lots. Um, all good. Just, um, yeah, just learning a lot about that role and what that entails and yeah. So for those that aren't familiar with St. Joseph missions, can you just share a little more about the purpose of the shelter, the way you're serving people who you mainly serve? Yeah. 
So I'll kind of give you a little quick backstory on how we got started. So there's different street outreach groups that feed the homeless. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of those street outreach groups, they began feeding down um, town 2013. Uh, Fast forward a couple of years and they really started having conversations. Like we, we see the same people. Are we doing the right thing? Is there more that we can do? Um, So just like I said, really started having conversations and started really questioning what their role is and if there was anything else they could do. So they did some research and found there was no emergency shelter for single women. So, you know, if you're experiencing domestic violence, we have the domestic violence shelter. If you have um, kids, you know, there's the family shelter. But if you were a single woman without kids and without experiencing domestic violence, there really was nowhere for you to go. So they were like, okay, we'll we'll start a, a, a shelter for single women. So that's kind of how we came about. And yeah, we serve single women. We've had ranged from 18 to 82 has been our oldest. Um, And it's a short-term, short-term program. So um, really just kind of walking alongside them, helping to figure out, you know, how we can support Mm -hmm. them, how we can, we can help them to move forward on their journey. When you say moving forward, what does that look like? Yeah, yes. so it looks different for everybody. Okay. Um, so some women might just need us for a short stay, and they have something lined up, but it's not it's not seamless. They, there's a gap, so they need they need shelter for a little bit until they can move into their own apartment or get reconnected with family or. Um, that sort of thing. And then some need longer time. And if they need longer time, then we refer to you guys, the Harris house and then help alive. Um, so we don't ever want to exit somebody back to the streets. Um, we want to, we want to work with them and, and figure out, you know, how we can, how we can help them, but it's definitely just very individualized. I love the collaborative spirit because I feel like a lot of times we can be so hyper-focused on achievement that we feel like if we're partnering with somebody else, they're kind of like stealing that achievement from us. But it sounds like you guys are focusing on the person and getting them connected with the right resources and, and helping them. What are some of the highlights that you've seen as the executive director? We kind of talked about some of the challenges you faced. What are, what are some things that encouraged you, that excited you? Yeah. So I would say it's just, you know, it's awesome to see somebody that comes in so broken with nothing, you know, and then start forming, you know, support systems because a lot of the women come in literally with no support system. Um, Like I said, broken, just really don't know where to turn. So it's kind of, it's awesome to see them start, you know, like relaxing their shoulders, you know, and just see them as they form support systems in the shelter and, and really like, you know what, I'm gonna, this is not going to take me out. Like I'm stronger than this. And, and really just starting to put, um, you know, steps in place that they then then they leave and have things lined up um there's a gal that i'll never forget she came in and she had been it was kind of a revolving door you know mm-hmm. um but then it was just awesome to see her progression into then she started she was um coming in less um frequently under the influence mm. and um And then you saw she wasn't under the influence. And then you saw she was connected to Bright Point and she got a housing voucher. And it was just, that was, I'll never forget that. That was probably like the highlight, you know, she was just, it was a complete 180. She, it's like you saw her at the beginning. You're like, oh, I know she's going to, I know she's going to give me some, some grief today. She just, she was mad, angry at the world, you know, like rightfully so, but I was just, I know she's going to give me some today. 
And then towards the end, it was like she did a complete 180 and she, you know, um, she smiled, whereas you never saw her smile. You, mm. She was just angry at the world. So um, seeing her go, I think that's that's why we do what we do, you know, oh, I love that. to see that change. Well, could you, I mean, jump off of that a little, little bit and talk about like, so where does, where does, where's your fuel come from? Like ah. what, what fills your tank to get up and actually do that long enough with those type of people? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not it has just to feel defeating at times. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's also not like there's not enough energy in the energy bars to be able to get you through more than a couple of those days. <laughs> right. So to keep right. coming back to a job like this, where do you, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that I really have a great answer for that. I know in grad school, they just really, um, for lack of a better phrase, like pounded into us about our boundaries, you know, like mm -hmm. you have to maintain your boundaries because you can't pour from an empty cup. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, that's good. That's good. Yeah. We have, we have like little notches of like what we should make mugs or t-shirts off of. We're going to put that in our that's mug. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't have a great answer, but it's just, uh, I try to, you know, leave it, leave it at the door when I go home. It's not always, you know, that yeah. easy, mm -hmm. but, and I, I lead with that also. Like I, um, I'm not going to call my staff after hours for something that can wait, you know, mm -hmm. um, and don't do the same to me, you know, like I have to lead by example because I don't want my staff to get burned out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So doing your masters of social work and, kind of doing all of these different positions at St. Joseph missions. How have you grown as a leader? What are some things that if you could go back 20 years and give yourself some advice? Um, I always love leading into, in, into the leadership aspect of these conversations. So I'd just be curious to hear, you know, this is a new position for you. What is it you've learned? What's challenged you grown you? Yeah, I would say when I first became a leader, uh, this is, this is bad to say. <laughs> it's a safe space. Right, we, yeah. we have, Whatever. We have room for edits. <laughs> I was like, oh, they're not doing it. They need to go, you know, whereas yeah. like now I'm like, okay, I'm going to work with you and, and I'm going to walk beside you and we're going to learn this. And, and so you can become better. You know, I, I think when I first started, it wasn't about like me helping them to, to be better. And now it's like, no, that's what leaders do. They, they make their team better, you mm -hmm. know? So I would say that's the biggest one. Mm. Um, I like you see you, you swung back and forth. I would swing back and forth like within an hour of a shift. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. this person, there's no hope at all. It's like, this person's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's definitely, I would say actually, and I've said this a long time and maybe you might want to edit this out, but <laughs> it's, it's the staffing piece. That's kind of, it's been hard, yeah. which like yeah. I can run a shelter and I can, you know, but it's just that staffing piece. Is it finding the right people to this is a hard job to find the right people yeah. or just finding people in general that want to step into that role. Um, I would say both, you know, yeah, I yeah. think yeah. both. Um, yeah. That's all I got for you. Yeah. That, yeah no. is a good answer. No, but it makes sense because we've, we see the same thing here. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who want to do the job who yeah. cannot. Well, and you two worked in, we did. The, I was at the we roughest. And, so and, you, and you know what here. it takes. Yeah, you know what it takes. I don't. We're still, but but we also are in different jobs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because that's it's pretty hard to it's pretty hard to do that over the long haul. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why we see a lot of turnover. But it's also it's also um, 
this is not a uh, well compensated industry. <laughs> I don't know if you know You're this. You're confident in love. <laughs> there, there's not a lot of people getting rich off of nonprofits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to how, how, how have you felt like you found people that, like go shoulder to shoulder with for, for a while? Yeah. So um, my core, there's, I have a core of, I think, four or five that have been with me um, since we were at your guys' old building mm-hmm. um, that winter, 20 and then 21. And then a, um, a couple of them, actually, I did not steal them. I always like to preface <laughs> that. I did not steal them. But it's planted um, seeds yeah, in their minds. <laughs> yeah. Um, they actually were my staff at the other shelter. Okay. So prior. So I... Yeah, I'm so thankful um, for them. You know, when you have good staff, it's, I mean, that's huge. Yep. That's huge. Yep. So. I would just say it's a testament to your good leadership. If they wanted to follow you. So I put it yeah. that you didn't steal them. They just wanted to keep working with you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, I would be curious to hear what you think it is that defines the right person for the job <laughs> because Matt and I have always joked because like we worked in residential care services. I did it for two years. Matt did it for a lot longer than me. Um, but you can usually tell pretty quickly who's not going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> if we're honest. Wait, yeah. what is the shortest you've seen? Off the, like, oh, there, like two or they, three days. Oh, no, so it, at least through a whole shift. It's well, not like someone uh, quit the first shift. In all honesty, there have been people who didn't show up for their first I guess. Shift. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I think I might have that beat. So uh, the one he, um, he got done with his training and then the first day that he was supposed to be on his own, he didn't show up. I guess at I least wonder, he made it the training. I wonder if it's the same person that it, we saw. Yeah. It might you know? be. yeah. It might um, be. But yeah, there was, I mean, particularly we had a, uh, we had a really solid group on, on, we have three shifts. So we had a solid group on third shift, but then a couple of changes happened and we just went through a lot of different people trying to find the right fit on that shift. Yeah. Not only do you have to be a special fit to work in this line of work, but to do it during like third shift. That that is a special person. So yeah, I would just be curious to hear what you think it is that defines that may help somebody that because I remember this, this wasn't my background. I was a musician before I came to work here. Similar, right? Yeah. yeah. So I would just be curious to hear what you think it is that defines or is good traits of somebody for this line of work. Yeah. I think you have to, um, have compassion, you know, um, you have to have a soft heart, but thick skin. Yeah. Um, t-shirt. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, yeah, I would say those are, that's the biggest. You have to have compassion, um, meet people where they're at, but not easily offended, you know, and mm. don't, don't take things to heart, Yeah, you know, cause I mean, hurt people hurt people. Right. Mm. So you can't let that, you can't let that affect you. Yeah. Well, just to, um, I want to come back around and just share a small anecdote The one of the guys that we just had on a recent podcast, one of our senior VPs, Dusty Krause is he was an intern. He became an intern like a few months after I started and at our old building, we would be on whatever shift and, you know, late into the evening when a lot of the guys had gone to bed and stuff like that, particularly in the wintertime, we would talk about what in the world is keeping Fort Wayne from having a women's single women's shelter 
And like, why is this not happening? And, and we were, and honestly, we were like, why doesn't the rescue mission do something like that? It's like, it's like mm. we're already, you know, doing whatever. And to turn away a single woman who is at the door back into the cold is one of the most horrible things that I've ever had to be a part of. But from that, it feels like at least in the last six years that Fort Wayne has is turning a corner on addressing homelessness. And I know you're a part of that. I don't know if you want to speak to any of that and maybe have you seen that or. Yeah. So the planning council on homelessness, I feel like it's been exciting just to see even over the last like year um, with the city of Fort Wayne and with the everyone home and then the planning council really kind of working together. I think we're addressing the gaps, you know, and realizing Mm -hmm okay, next is maybe this low barrier shelter. So we've been really having conversations about what does that look like? I think that the city, you know, the Office of Housing and Neighborhood Services recognizes, you know, with this low barrier shelter, it's like, okay, well, the city doesn't, they don't run shelters. They don't run programs in that. So it's like, who could then open that that shelter? And as what you had said earlier, it's, you know, nonprofits are, um, typically, you know, the staff are not, um, you're not getting paid what you would in for profit and they're short staff. So it's like, who could, who could run that and open that? Cause it's a big undertaking right. to open mm-hmm. a shelter and then to find staff and to get the funding, you know, not everybody wants to just fund you off the bat because like, we want to see, we want to, yeah, does it work? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it's encouraging where we're at and we're identifying the gaps and we're working for solutions. I think I've said not one individual agency group can do it all. So I love the collaborative aspect so we can work together to push the needle because it's, it's a lot harder to push the needle when it's just one individual one, you know, there's power in numbers. Um, so I think we're also doing that better as well, like yeah. collaborating. And yeah, so I think it's it's an exciting time. Um, and I think versus from now versus six years ago, I think, yeah, there's definitely been more conversations and more collaboration and yeah. working. Yeah. yeah. Was there, I, I don't know, do you have anything more? Oh, I had one more thing, but sure. if you had things to say, like, well, no, take I it just, away. I, mine's, I always want to make mine's sure that, a separate question. I always want to make sure that we give them an opportunity. If there's anything that we didn't ask you that you feel like. Oh, that kind of led into my question. That we should know. See? Yeah. Mine was more just like, I didn't, I was really naive about the homelessness crisis before starting here. I'm still learning. So I guess my question kind of the same way was, what do you wish community members knew more about mm-hmm. how they can get involved in learning or helping fight the struggle people are having. Yeah. So I think if you're an outsider, you don't, might not know that we're all working together um, and, and we kind of have a plan and there's, you know, the everyone home and there's the planning council on homelessness, you know? So I would say if you um, want to get involved, I would say reach out to those two organizations who could help plug in mm-hmm. because, you know, we just got done with the pit count and it's like, we were looking for volunteers, you know, mm-hmm. with that pit count, but, but we have systems in place um, to help work on this problem. But like I said, we can't do it alone. So yeah, reach out. I love it. Love it. Yeah. Erin, thank you for coming on and sharing uh, about St. Joseph missions and everything you're doing. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
Thank you for tuning in to the Rescue Mission podcast. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.